It's Nobody Cares, a podcast of variety. I'm Kirk. And I'm Juice. Welcome. Hello. Hale here. Hey, Hale. Want to go to Sal's Menu Restaurant? I heard they have new owners. Isn't that the place that has the infamous Monte Cristo? I don't know about all that fancy fare, but they probably have a gut buster. I think they also got that ham you like. Yes, yes. How many people in your party do you require a booster seat? I don't know, Rita. Do you? Maybe for your tits, yo, lady? How? What has gotten into you? Are you having those dreams again? How are you folks doing today? It's a great day what out there, What are you though. thinking? No? The menu has really Hi. changed since the new owners took Okay, over. let's try this again. Hi, how are you? Looks like the booths could use a good scrubbing. Rita, I don't see a Monte Cristo or a gut buster. Wasn't that an exercise device? So I'm still standing here. I wonder if my vodka is still in the back of a toilet tank in the bathroom. <laughs> that mummy host probably drank it. That's why he's petrified. Hello? Please notice me. Okay, okay, okay. Hot water with lemon with extra whitener and a black coffee on the side. Coffee, please. Oh, do you have pumpkin spice creamer or even some cardamom to sprinkle in? Rita, did you get a new pill organizer? Wow! I did, Hal. I got it on sale at Ollie's. I've got my pills for my heartburn, blood pressure, cholesterol, nerves, constipation, headaches. Rita, are all those pills prescription? (laughs) More like subscription. You know, I tell you, Hal, they just keep them coming. Ooh, do you get a discount for referrals? I found my new entertainment weekly. One time, I started taking my dogs. Okay, so here's your drinks. Uh, and what's for breakfast, you little pill heads? A little blue flop you right on that nose, you. Oh, oh my. I haven't been touched in years. Um, okay. I'll have the diet plate. Two boiled eggs, cottage cheese, fruit cup. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, do you have hash? Actually, now that you mention hash, I'm seven months sober today. It was a really long road, but one day at a time. Keep it simple, just for today. God grant me the serenity to... What kind of breakfast hash do you have? Bacon hash, roast beef hash, corned beef hash, hash with anything, ham... Oh, that's so very good. Congratulations. Um, what's your name? Oh, uh, Sheila? Yes, Sheila. Marvelous. Very good job. Just fantastic. Well, thank you. It got really bad. I mean, really bad. I was living with my elderly grandmother, and I sold off her records. Les Baxter's, Martin Denny's, anything worth a coot. Jewelry, even her dead mother's ashes. You know, ashes are worth more than you might think. People collect anything nowadays. I figured, why would she even notice? 
they're just sitting there going to waste away in that dusty old urn. I just hope the buyers weren't doing anything weird with them. They seem like a nice couple. What do you mean, weird? Well, you see all that sex stuff on the internet anymore? You two look like you know a thing or two. Okay, well, you know, people out there buy body parts for body parts for things like fisting or other kinds of twisted satanic stuff. You'd be surprised. Once I had a friend on Griner who was asked to bring a rusty trombone up to a date. What are they going to do with a rusty trombone? Okay, I think I'll have the Greek omelet. Thank you, Sheila. I'll put your order right in. Hell, something tells me that a rusty trombone might mean something else. Rita, I have to look this up. Okay, type in rusty trombone. Oh, Rita, according to Google, it's the act of simultaneously performing analingus and masturbating the penis. A trombone is a sliding instrument, right? Oh, that's a big thingy. Thingy? You mean penis. How? Yes, Rita, penis. Say penis, Rita. Thingy, um, pieces, parts. Wow, Rita, she was right. There's a lot of interesting stuff on here. Guess what this is called? You freeze your large turd, then use it to pleasure your partner. Oh, hell no, hell. You guys, that's the Kentucky Klondike Bar. Your coffee? Have you ever heard of a Cleveland steamer? Oh, no, hell. Oh, please don't. Why did I come here? So you and this Sheila could embarrass me? It's a sexual act involving defecating on someone's chest, then sitting in it and riding, ba rolling back and forth like a steamroller. I can't believe I'm even reading this. And one drink I want for you, little Hal, and here's your hash, ma'am. I had to put in a good mix of ham, bacon, and corned beef in it just for you. Anything else? Oh, dear God. Did I order a Cleveland steamer, Hal? Nobody cares. Ready? Welcome to our to the Nobody Cares podcast. My name is Kirk, and this is my sister, Juice. Hi. Hi. Today we have a very special guest, our friend Jen. Jen has her own podcast called uh, One Step Closer to Death, and you can find her on iTunes. And Jen, are you on Spotify? Yeah, iTunes, Spotify, and I think pretty much wherever you find podcasts, if you look it up, I'm there. Cool. Well, hi, Jen. Welcome. Hi. Hello. Good to talk to you both. <laughs> we're doing this through <laughs> we're doing this through Skype, um, so we, we can't see each other, which is kind of a bummer. But uh, it's not bad. We got this new device called the Jabra. Uh, we put the CAD on break today. The cats are Mike. Yeah, this this way we can record from Skype, um, and we can listen to it back. So that that's pretty great. Um, and if you want like uh, more information about our gear, <laughs> send us an email. Okay. Also, real quick, our email address is nobody cares podcast email at gmail.com. So if you'd like to send us any questions or praises or 
I don't know, anything weird, you can send it there. Yes, we, we prefer the weird emails. Yes. So, Jen, I'm going to ask you a question. We, we're we going to try to ask this question to all of our guests. So, have you had any supernatural experiences of any kind? Ooh, oh, this is a good question. Have I had any supernatural experiences? Um, oh my gosh. I'm sure I have. I'm, you know, I can't think of anything that, like, is, like, a major experience, but, like, I, I have a lot of, like, weird synchronicities that pop up throughout, like, my day, um, as far as, like, I can be thinking of something, like, I'll be thinking, like, man, I need some toothpaste, and then, like, all of a sudden, like, the podcast I'm listening to is, like, my favorite toothpaste is, and that's not really, that's not supernatural, that's not supernatural, I'm not really answering this question very well. <laughs> Do you think that's just, like, a microchip that somebody implanted in you to, like, streamline your ads? I would not be surprised. I'm on my phone all the time. So like, I'm sure there's some sort of like weird, like, um, even just like my, the dilation in like my eyes, I'm sure like there's something to do with, it doesn't even need to be a chip at this point. They figured something <laughs> else out. <laughs> well, what's like, uh, you're talking about the synchronicities. Is there any one, like one synchronicity that really stands out maybe as of late? Yeah. Okay. So this is kind of weird. <laughs> um, and I actually don't really talk about this to anybody but close friends because I don't want to like be seen as you know kookier than I already am. But um, you know, in, maybe a month or so into quarantine, I got an energy reading from um, somebody I follow on a podcast, and they had told me there was an entity attached to me, um, and it was like a kind of a critical companion that was like attached to one of my chakras and one of the. <laughs> One of the things I needed to do to release that was basically to, like, see, like, any, like, negative voices outside of myself as, like, external voices and just to sort of, like, stop judging myself, which is kind of like a basic psychological tool, I suppose. It maybe doesn't isn't as woo as it sounds, but uh, anyway, so I took, um, like, I'm usually, I'm sorry, I'm very chatty, by the way, um, I'm usually pretty self-critical and I don't really let myself enjoy anything or life and like at all without like somehow like thinking I'm a complete idiot. But I had this beautiful two weeks in April where I let myself enjoy life. Like, <laughs> and I was like, like really like kind of like vibing on <laughs> like, like the world around me. And I started like kind of having a lot of like, uh, things come up like I had this specific thing that happened was um I was trying to connect with my um my great-grandmother that I never knew because I kind of felt that she wanted to like be paid attention to like I I'm very woo I'm so sorry for this uh but I had but I'm also very skeptical so every time I have a woo moment I'm like oh you're just crazy so I was lying in bed and I was like in that weird place where I was like gonna fall asleep that like limbo place where you feel like you're gonna fall yeah and I literally heard knock 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 and I knew it was a knock in my head and it wasn't like outside of my body it was like like a knock coming from my head and I freaked out and I was like oh my god if I look at my phone right now and this is I don't know if you all are hip to like the woo shit but there's a lot of like spirituality and like seeing repeating numbers like two 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 three 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 i had never known mm -hmm. anything about 
any of those numbers at the time this happened. But the first thought that occurred in my head was if I look at the phone and it's 3.33, it's like my grandmother trying to contact me. And no fucking shit, I pick up my phone and it's 3.33 in the morning. And I was like, please go away. I I grabbed my cat and I lean and like, brought her closer to me and I was like I'm not ready for this I'm not mentally stable enough for any sort of like you know thing to be open to me but it was kind of a weird woo thing you know during that time that I really kind of let myself be open to it you know was the was the um was this experience after you had the energy reading yeah it was after that yeah so basically the woman that I got the reading from was like you know, you have this like external attachment to you that is like, you know, she didn't fully know what it was. She referred me to somebody else, which sounds like a weird pyramid scheme thing happening, but she referred me to this lady that re- removes entities that didn't charge me anything. So it wasn't like they were like, hey, drink this holy water, you know, for 1999, you know, it was like, like it wasn't, I didn't feel like anybody was like trying to uh, abuse me and my search for meaning, I suppose. So she actually referred me to um, this energy worker that, like, did this, like, um, uh, chakra opening thing to help, like, remove the entity. Um, and then, but that was, that happened in between the first reader, and then I had my experience, and then I talked to the lady that removed the entity. Wow. Nice. Do you have a lot of experiences, like, in the middle of the night, like that? <sighs> Not really. I feel like um, ever since... I kind of said I wasn't ready. I haven't been ready for anything else. And I feel like I, uh, I've kind of closed off to it now because I have, I just have this fear of like losing up, like splitting from reality or like breaking my brain. And I'm try try to be very gentle with my brain. Um, because I have like a history of like depression, anxiety. So like, I, I do believe that there's like, if I called in these like, guides or abilities, I would probably have more stuff happen. And I know they say that's kind right. of like between 3 and 4 a.m. That's kind of like a weird, like kind of veil gets a little bit thinner, you know, in the spiritual world. But I'm kind of closed off to it, even though I'm also open at the same time, you know. Right. Isn't that the same time that Nanny had her experience? Or is that between 2 and 3? Between 2 and 3. Right, right. Okay. And then she passed away between 2 and 3 o'clock. Right, right. Um, well, Kirk and I have, like, um, we're, like, deep in this shit. Oh, um, cool. Okay. Yeah. I'm, like, did I totally make No, go, no. Oh, it's no. not weird at all. <laughs> um, we had an experience when I was in high school. Should we talk about that real quick? If you, if you want to hear it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I had gotten, um, long story, I'll keep it short. But I had um, taken acid before school, high school one day, um, which I had done before. This was in, like, 10th grade. And um, I got, like, busted, and it was, like, a whole thing. And it was, like, I was, like, on an acid trip as I was, like, getting called into the counselor's office, which, co- like, coincidentally was, a tr- was like, a trailer because somebody had burned the school down before that. <laughs> Oh my God. So I'm like on this like trailer, like trying to talk to like a counselor. Cause she like, like I was like climbing up walls. It was like a whole thing. Um, but anyways, so it was really traumatic and they tried to expel me 
And um, they, anyways, so I, it was like two weeks after this experience and I had like never had like a psychedelic flashback or anything before. And I had like, in my bedroom, I had like all these like glow in the dark stickers on the back of my door. And I was, my part of the story was I was laying in bed and it was like in the middle of the night and I started to have a flashback. And it wasn't like, the only way I could describe it was that stuff was moving around my room really quickly, but the energy felt slower. So it was like, it was like the Matrix. It was the Matrix. Like, it was like that, like, the energy of the room was like slowed down almost to where it felt like time was stopping. But then everything else in the room felt really, really chaotic. And then I woke up and it was pretty lucid and like, whether it was a dream or not, I don't know, or I guess a flashback, but, like, I was looking at the back of my door, and all of the glow-in-the-dark stickers began to um, come together to form a sentient being that then pulled itself off the door, who was, like, made of these, like, glow-in-the-dark stickers, and it was, like, it, it almost looked like it had, like, an astronaut suit on, and then it started to approach my bed, And then I, like, was coming out of it, like, screaming. But meanwhile, Kirk, do you want to tell your part of the story? Um, what's my part of the story? (laughs) Oh, great. Where you were having an out-of-body experience. Oh, yeah. I, I, I thought that's what you were leading up to. Well, I had read a book from the library about out-of-body experience, and... I went to bed, and I had my, my bed was in a north-south position, and um, that night, I, I literally had an out-of-body experience where I, I woke up, and my body was behind me in bed, and I walked, I remember walking into, um, first I walked into my parents' bedroom, my mom was there, and I, my dad was at work. Cause he worked, he worked third shift sometime and there was just like these lights around my mom. And also in the hallway, this had to have been the middle of the night. I overheard as I walked past Juice's room, like talking, like there was some sort of talking. Mm. I, I didn't, I didn't understand what that was. And then I'm like, I'm out of my body. I can do whatever I want. So I immediately willed myself to go into outer space and I was in outer space and I said, well, I started to get scared at this point. It's like, well, how do I get back home? So just the mere thought of it, I went back and I immediately woke up right after it was over with. Because usually when you have those types of experiences, you wake up. And I remember I, I wasn't necessarily scared as I was excited. It was just a very odd experience. But then you woke up to me like on the floor in your room. Right? Or in the hallway? Yeah, I think... Like, I was like... Like, I don't know if I had crawled out of the bed. Like... Yeah, the, right. You were on the floor. I was, like, in the floor you in were the on hallway. the floor in the like, hallway. crying. That's right. I remember that. And you just, like, came out of the room. Yeah, I came out of the room and she was crying. I don't remember what happened after that. It was just very odd. Yeah, so that's that story. Wow. And you were both in high school at the time? Well, Kirk is, no, he was like out of high school for a couple years, but I was in, yeah, I was probably like 14 at the time. Wow. That's so crazy. So do you like, 
did you kind of reminisce over that over the years? Just kind of like trying to like, be like, what the hell was that? Well, I've had like, I mean, we've both had like crazy experiences with supernatural stuff. So mm-hmm. in, in ghosts and Ouija boards UFOs. and all of it. So I guess maybe that one. Oh, Ouija board. Yeah. yeah Ouija, the Ouija board story is like the, the most intense thing you, you ever want to hear. But anyways, um, I want to hear everything. Oh my God. <laughs> like, like, do you feel like open or scared or do you like, like, how do you feel about these experiences? The Ouija board experience was very scary. And it went on for three, like three days, three days straight. It was like, it was like we were on like a meth bend. It was. Oh my God. And like, I remember like the very last day, the next day I, I went to see a psychic because I wanted to find out about what we experienced. And I walked, as soon as I walked in the door, the psychic looked at me and she goes, you've been using a Ouija board, haven't you? And I'm like, oh my God, that was, we were creepy. Remember we were going to hire that guy at that weird pagan store across the street to (laughs) like come clear our house. Come clear, come burn sage. But then we like, I think we ended up just doing it ourselves. But so one quick thing, like, I mean, we, we ended up basically talking to a woman who had her own way of speaking, like her own dialect, her own, like, she would say, instead of the, instead of the indicator going to yes, she would, she would write like, okay, or yeah, she would like write it out. And this Ouija board was going so fast at one point in time that we had to, like Kirk, it was my friend Brooke and I at one point, this, this had to have been like four in the morning. And we were drinking a lot and, like, getting pretty fucked up. But, like, it was going so fast at one point that we had to spit the letters out to Kirk to write down. And it was paragraphs. She was talking about heaven and the Mm -hmm. afterlife. And and then the next day, like, I had gone to work and I was working at this restaurant called Tangier. And there was, like, a big fountain in the middle of the restaurant. And uh, I told her that there was something in our, I knew that there was something in our house that was like other than, I was having these like really weird dreams and I I started noticing like this might just be paranoia because that happens to me a lot, but I noticed that white cars would always appear. Like I would, I would be followed by white cars. Like I would drive on one street and a white car would be behind me. I would turn left and then a different white car would appear. I mean, it was, like, to the point where it was, like, come on, this can't be just me making this up. Anyways, so I felt like, and I never wanted to be there. Like, a bunch of us lived in this house. There was, like, six of us. And uh, I kept telling her, you know, we were telling her about this, and we were asking what it, what it was. And then all of a sudden, it would be, like, a break in our conversation, and then the indicator would go from M to N, and it would just be, like brutal like it would just go voot 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 like powerful like we weren't even controlling it at all and then periodically throughout the conversation it would just be like m n m n m n so anyways i told her i was really scared of this entity and then the next day of course we were like oh let's keep it between us i go to work and come home to like 20 people in the kitchen (laughs) they're like told everybody like that they worked with so there's like all these people at our house and I wasn't even playing on it. And half those people didn't even know where I worked. And she, like, came on. And uh, and that was the thing, is that she would come on. It wasn't, like, certain people that would play it, you know. And 
someone had asked her what she did that day. And she said that she had followed me to work and someone was like, prove it. And she wrote out fountain. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Yeah. So, but anyways, so this MN thing, like I couldn't sleep for like days after this. I mean, did you have that experience? Yeah, Kirk? I couldn't sleep good either. I mean, it was terrifying. So then, then, then we vowed to never use a Ouija board. Years later, I use a Ouija board. MN, same thing, comes on. MN. And that happened probably four other times I used a Ouija board. And one time was like, probably like, I don't know, like eight years ago. MN, same thing. Maybe longer than that. Maybe like probably 11 years ago. Anyways, so I had this experience. I'll try to keep this short. I had this, I was working at this cafe in, in Columbus. I was living in Columbus. And one of these, one of my customers who was like, I was starting to recognize as a regular came up to me and this is how I ended up getting into learning, like becoming a Reiki practitioner. He came up to me and he was like, he's like, how long have you wanted to learn Reiki out of the blue? And I was like, oh my God, I've been looking for a teacher for years. And so we like did this Reiki training together and, uh, and then I, I had, he called me one day out of the blue. I hadn't seen him in a while. And he was like, I really need to talk to you about something important. And he comes over and he was like, I think you might have a demon attached to you. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, does MN ring a bell? <laughs> does MN make any sense? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he went on and on. And I can't really remember exactly what he, what he said. And, uh, and then Later, like probably like less than a year later, I went to a friend's house who was, I've known, I met in Athens and like we had been friends probably for like four years, went over to her house and, um, I didn't get there till really late at night. And she was like, you know, I've been studying a lot about demons. <laughs> and I was like, oh I God. cannot have this conversation with you. <laughs> so fast forward, um, a couple years later, I move in with Jim and I had this dream where I was like, I'll just do abbreviated, but I was like, basically had a run in with a demon who ended up being like a trickster kind of demon. Like in like, it seemed very folktale-y, you know? That's weird. And uh, I remember like right at the end of the stream and he wasn't bad. He was like, he would like manifest into other things. Like he would change like how he looked or or his, like, personality. It was kind of like a chameleon kind of demon. And I remember right at the end of the dream, I just heard the word Barbados, like, really loud. And I woke up, like, <gasps> like horrible. And I wrote down the name. And I, and I told Jim, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, and sure shit, I looked up different demon names, and it came up. And it was a trickster, <laughs> like, oh demon. Oh, my God. Who's supposed to have these, like, this connection with you that's, like, supposed to kind of, like, I don't not cheer you up, but, like, make you look at, like, the absurdity of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that. Well, that's oh, weird. Wow. I, I went to a psychic, and she told me I had an entity attached to me, and it was a red cap. What's a red cap? Sort of like what you were saying, folklore-ish. It's like this, you know, this little little troll-type guy with a red hat who's very, oh. who's very sort of like a trickster, who's like, you know, gets, wants to get involved in a lot of mischief and stuff like that. Do you think it's the same? Could be, I Like MN was attached to both of us? Could be. It could have been that red cap. I don't know. 
what why is it Huh. What kind of folklore was it from? Do you know? I don't know. We'll have to look that up online. But it was, she red, said it was a down. red cap. Um, yeah, cool. Well, I want to take this moment, actually. Um, if any of your fans would like to email you all, your uh, uh, Gmail account is nobodycarespodcastemail at gmail.com. So anybody out there that um, knows anything about demonology, please write in. Let uh let, let you guys know, you know? Yeah, thanks for that plug. I, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily believe in things like demons. I believe that... I think that there are entities out there that are just like people. I don't necessarily wouldn't call them demons. Uh, I don't know. I, but that's what I was told. If, if anybody knows what a red cap is or, or what my sister was talking about, please let us know. Do you think that the... So do you think that the idea of demon was created to be this kind of, like, changing personality that, like, people... Like, if you think about how ident your identity changes over the years, like, it's impermanent. You know, mm -hmm. you, you have to, like, allow this change to come in. So, ten years ago, your identity is probably different than it is now. So, do you think that that kind of fluid, I don't know, enlightenment or different idea of spiritual spirituality was given to people who had that. Like maybe that was maybe that was like looked at as being like I don't know, if you're if you're if you're if you're getting deep into this kind of I don't know, I'd call it work, really. Yeah, I would consider it work. Do you think like the idea of the demon was like an archetype created to like designate this kind of like searching that is different than, you know, societal norms? I personally think, you know, there's a great writer and lecturer. His name is Mitch Hor Hor Horowitz. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar with him. Okay, look up his, his videos. And he actually does one on, like, Satan and devil. And I personally, I'm not a Satanist. I'm not, I, I'm not that. But I understand, you know, why people are, like, drawn into that sort of, like, exploring the dark. Because you can't have light without dark. I think it's more of just an exploration of ourselves is what it is. I think it's very young Carl Jung type of thing. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I mean, I feel like, you know, most of us are so obsessed with just like being good and like doing the right thing. And I do think there's something in our like psyche or subconscious or whatever you want to call it that like has to externalize the darkness and, yeah. I think, it, yeah, the, the archetypes of, like, the demon or the devil, or if you're, like, you're into, like, tarot and you pull the devil card, people are like, oh, my God, the devil. Well, that's, like, that's sort of just, like, an external manifestation of, I like looking at the devil as, like, carnal desires because it, like, makes it sexy, you know? Like, yeah. like it's, uh, instead of, yeah, because we don't often, one, like, we have such, like, a in our country, like, this, like, repressed, like, christian history even if you didn't even come from that history you know like it's kind of already like it's in our dna in a way so like anything like demon devil there's something that has like like it's like an umbrella of just like you know the naughty things you know like um pleasure sexuality you know like uh being deceitful all those things that we all kind of like are really into, but like, we can't right. really like admit to it because it's kind of like, oh no, 
I must be good an upstanding citizen and do, you know, ABC and have lived this like regular life. So nobody thinks I'm a weirdo, you know? So like our brain like puts that outside of ourselves so we can be like kind of flirt with it, you know? Right. So do you think that's why people want to be good is so they don't look like they're weird? Yes, absolutely. Because we're all, I mean, it's like we all, I, I don't know, I can't speak for everybody, but for myself, it's like we all kind of want to just like wear a leather jacket and be smoking a cigarette. You know, we, I think that's kind of like we all have that secret part of us that's like, oh, yeah, I want to be kind of like, I hate that. I hate, James I hate, Dean, I, Marlon Brando. I hate that. What was that? Like James Dean, Marlon Brando type. Yeah, kind of like there's like, like not even like, you know, it's almost like, you know how when you see something like disgusting on the internet, you know, and you're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe that person's just like pouring baked beans on themselves or I can't believe they're or they're like being very like they're exposing themselves emotionally in a very cringy way but like you can't look away there's something about that that is so like like oh like I I could never do that you know like I um recently I was kind of thinking about you know I know I have had like friendships in the past where like um, this, like, I'm speaking of somebody specific that neither one of you know, <laughs> that, um, this person has been like a very volatile person that has gone off the deep end and like, just like really let themselves like, you know, be a kind of a monstrous person that I've been like, through, like throughout my life, I've kind of looked at them like judgmentally, like, oh my God, I can't believe they just like let themselves go like that. So ugly. But I'm kind of like having these realizations as like, I'm on this sort of awakening path of what I call it, you know, that I'm like, I'm jealous of that. I kind of wish I could lose my shit. I'm so fucking controlled. I'm so such a fucking like, like good girl. And I kind of flirt with being like, you know, sassy or maybe just a little bit. Um, I don't know. Like who like I, I, I'm trying to think again, even with the podcast that I have, it's like one step closer to death. Look at me. I'm just like, you know, I'm a little edgy, but I would never let my shit go in front of another person, you know, like, because that's, embarrassing you know but i'm also jealous of people that can't help but let their like ugly side out you know yeah well i think that that's like it goes hand in hand with like like what you were saying about like deceit and pleasures and things like that i think that it's we're it's like that is that is even like more complex than just like basic emotions and in this society we have a hard time with just expressing basic emotions like anger or jealousy mm-hmm. or whatever. So it's like, I feel like those, like, you know, these more like, I don't know, like in it, not enlightened, but like heavier kind of concepts like deceit and, and, you know, pleasure and things like that is like comes from like, I think that those are actually more evolved than just, like, anger, like, simple things. But we can't even accept simple emotions. So imagine, tr- if you can't even be in touch with your anger or your grief or sadness, how do you expect people to understand <laughs> more evolved kinds of feelings that are, like, have, like, a, they're, like, a collection of feelings? But also, I think, like, with the, with the you know, the things that, like, that kind of, like, losing your shit or, you know, it's honesty. Like it's, and it's hard to be honest because it's embarrassing. 
Totally. So I yes. think I think that when we see people, you know, like you were saying, like, you know, people on social media who are like dishing it, you know, like no holds barred. They're just like unapolo- unapologetically themselves. Ugh. We it's like, sure, it can be annoying, but they're just being honest about who they are. Totally and maybe, and maybe it's and it's probably completely performative, <laughs> but um, you don't have to look at it. You that, know what I mean? That's my job. Trisha Paytas is by any chance? Wait, what was that? Do, do you know who Trisha Paytas is? She's like a YouTuber. Like, no. She's okay. She's kind of like uh, she is the. I don't even know how to describe her. She is just such a wild woman. So she basically is like she's kind of like um a very like uh, stereotypically like LA kind of like plastic surgery over the top. Like she's just like. Like, everything about her is just excessive. Like, she goes and, like, has, like, these crazy shopping binges at, like, Gucci and has, like, you know, cars, you know, like, um, I, I was going to say Rolexes. That's not a car. I don't even know cars. But, like, like she has these, like, like she's so excessive and she does, like, mukbangs and just eats, like, tons of food. And, like, it's, like, she's kind of, like, there's a part of her that's, like, very gross because she's just, like, this excessive, like, beast of a person. But then there's part of her, like, that is, like, you can't look away from her because you're, like, wow, she's, like, really just doing things unapologetically. And I, like, like if I share, like, a, a vulnerable Instagram post, like, give me 24 to, you know, 72 hours and I take that shit down because I start feeling really embarrassed for myself. Like, but then there's people out there that are just, like, just being so over the top. I don't know. I just um, – it's like it starts out for me with like judgment with that, and now I'm just like I like this. Like I like this person that is being like just like totally themselves, like you said, like unapologetically, you know. Right. Yeah. Even if it is performative, you know, because like what are we doing besides like performing for one another? We're all kind of wearing like our reactions to like how other people view us throughout our lives and the layers of like who we think we are, you know, like we're all doing it right now. We're doing it more, we're acting now more than we were when we were doing the skit, you know? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense for sure. Our characters just really, really developed. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. That was, a, that's a good an, an analogy. But yeah. My voice really changed since I was Rita. Yeah, <laughs> I've come a long way. Right. You just come a long, or maybe I haven't. Maybe I devolved. Devolved. Uh oh. There's with always the, that with the Kentucky Klondike bar. <laughs> so, do you want to tell us a little bit more about your podcast? Sure. Um. Yeah. So I started this podcast um in July. It's called One Step Closer to Death. You can follow me on Instagram at Death Stepper. Um. And the podcast is sort of, um, it's kind of like a, a mixture of me talking about like delving into like trauma work, um, but also like spirituality and like mysticism. Mostly I'm just getting my footing right now and I'm getting practice. Like I'm seven episodes in just like talking and being comfortable talking. Um, like, and obviously I am too. I could talk to a wall, you know, like I'm a very chatty person, but like I, uh, I'm trying to kind of figure it out right now, but um, when I see the bigger picture of like the evolution of the podcast down the line, um, I want to have interviews of people and their experiences um, with either whatever, kind of whatever they want to talk about. If they want to talk about any experiences with death, with trauma, with um, their spiritual evolution or de- even de-evolution. Um, 
I would just love to hear about regular everyday people. Cause I feel like I listen to so many podcasts of these, like, you know, um, like spiritual people that are like, kind of like, we know their names, you know, like, um, and they kind of like, you know, go on each other's podcasts and you know, all the big names and stuff. Like I listen to like, um, I would say like Joe Rogan, not that he's a spiritual podcast, but like you hear all these like big names, but I'm like, we kind of look to people on podcasts as being like, oh, they must know something about something, you know? And I'm like, well, we all have our own experiences. And it's, I think hearing people's like journeys of like self-discovery is so important. And it doesn't matter if you are like, you know, a, I wrote a book on this or I have a website or I'm some sort of like, um, professional or expert in this like I ideally my podcast would be about helping people to learn to be the expert on their own lives rather than looking externally outside of themselves but I don't think we can really do that without kind of delving into like our own bullshit and the lies that we tell ourselves you know that was a really long description but um mainly it's just me chatting about myself and my cats and like crying sometimes (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So it's funny because like when you, when you were describing like, <clears throat> what was her name? Trisha Peters? Uh, Trisha Paytas. <laughs> oh, and like. You uh, look her up and you're going to be like, oh boy. <laughs> well, like when you're describing that or like say somebody who, you know, posts like a social media thing, like how do you, how do you feel that's different than what you're doing on the podcast? I think I am much, it's, 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 it isn't really any different. It's just, I'm trying to curate myself to not look as crazy as Trisha Paytas makes herself look, even though I'm absolutely just as crazy. I just don't have the money she has to like do the things she does. But, uh, I think we're all just trying to like, um, when it comes to like social media or starting creative projects, I mean, we all just want to be seen and we're all just trying to understand like the weirdness of being human and like why we're here, you know, because there's no, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's like, yeah. and I feel like it's one of those things like nobody really talks about. It's kind of like, Oh, like get a 90 day kickstart to your life or, Oh, become a before and after picture. Oh, this is the way you do life. But nobody's talking about how incredibly weird it is to just exist. I mean, those people are just philosophers and stuff like that, but it's not as mainstream. We're all just so caught up in, what's going on in like the 3d world, you know, that we're not like, Hey, this is fucking weird. You know? Yeah. I, part of my job is I, I am a supervisor and one of my tasks is supervising the social media for my company. And what I find, especially on our Facebook and Twitter is I I spend all day banning people, blocking people, removing posts, just because the negativity on social media is so awful. People, yeah, they're being themselves, but at the same time, there's a lot of mean-spiritedness about it. And it's it's actually upsetting, you know. Part of my job is reading all this bullshit. People are in, feel like they're entitled. They don't want to lift a finger to do anything. You know, it's just, it, it gets a little bit tiring, I think. Yeah, that's why I periodically deactivate yeah. Facebook and, um, well, I mean, under this administration, you're kind of like, I mean, I even noticed that, like, in my neighborhood specifically, that since Trump has been president, it's gotten louder and louder and louder. 
like the sound pollution is different oh, wow. than it used to be. Like not just the vibe of the like, because you know, we live, we're, I think old Brooklyn is becoming more mixed. You know, it's, there's more Democrats moving in, let's say progressive people moving in. Um, but we do have a lot of, you know, Trumpsters and there's a lot of blue collar, you know, people working here who have big trucks or old vehicles. But it used to be that, um, you know, in the mornings it would be really quiet. And, you know, I do those meditations on Instagram and it's like, it's like people just out screaming at like 9am or people, you know, revving their motorcycles or blasting music or, and it's like, that can't be, I don't find that to be like those things to be unrelated. And even just in Cleveland in general, I feel like it's louder than it used to be. Yeah, people just kind of like being like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah, and it's like, it's like, let's, let's take it out on like our environment. Let's take out mm-hmm. all this like pent up divisiveness or racism or whatever it is. And let's like abuse like the outside world. Let's, let's let, let's let them really have it because this yeah. is my, this is my freedom. I have the freedom to quote unquote, be myself. Well, I think that like, you know, when you're talking about like being honest on social media, I think honesty and, you know, expressing who you are is different than like trolling. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think that that's necessarily trolling, you know? But yeah, I can see what you mean about the like, it's just. Yeah, I mean, read any like comment section. It doesn't even really matter what. Like, click on any post, like anywhere on Instagram, and if there's like hundreds of comments, it's just weird. It's so weird the people that like take the time to comment things, and like, especially if it's like something political, it's just like holy yeah. shit. Like people really like, and it's like, are these things? I always wonder. It's like, is this something anybody would ever say to anybody's face? You know, like, right. it's just like there's a pass for whatever reason because there's the screen. Yeah, and also, why, like, I noticed, like, once before I was voting in the primary, I put up a picture, and I have my Instagram on um, public, which I don't know why I do that. But uh, I there I took a photo. We made these, like, well, my, Jim, my husband, made these, like, Bernie Sanders shirts. And I took a photograph of me right before I was voting because it was, you know, one of the first times I was voting for somebody I actually believed in. I was very excited. And I put a hashtag, like, Bernie Sanders. And, like, I had to remove so many comments from strangers about Bernie Sanders. Like, why are you following that hashtag? Right. It's just a hate follow. Yeah, it's so weird to me. You spend your time hate following. They do. They do. Yeah. Weird. Huh. Well, what about, you want to, you feel like maybe it's time to, like, answer some fan questions? Sure. Yeah, let me look. You want to say our Hold on, I got to go to my computer. Um, if you'd like to send us questions, uh, please, you know, email us at nobodycarespodcast, email, nobodycarespodcast, email, at gmail.com. Um, in fact, some of the questions we have today are from listeners just like you. <laughs> All right, you want me to go? 
Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I have a question for Kirk from a Star Trek fan. Who is your favorite Starfleet captain and why? Um, well, if you guys know, you know, I, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Um, I think we mentioned it on almost every one of our shows in some way, shape, or form. Um, I, I, I like them all. Um, I, I really like, right now I'm liking Captain Picard because I like the new show. But Captain Kirk William Shatner was my favorite, and I'll tell you why. Because when I was a little kid growing up, my dad used to watch Star Trek on Channel 43 in Cleveland, and I would watch it with him. So, you know, that was something that my dad and I have, you know, we always had a love of Star Trek, and it's something we shared. So, and it was always Captain Kirk. When I was a kid, he took me to see the movies. So, yeah, I think Captain Kirk is my favorite. And your names are both Kirk. And my, our names are Kirk. What a coincidence. I know. Is that a coincidence? Do you consider that a coincidence? I don't know. That's very weird, but um, yeah. <laughs> I, I like I like Captain Picard. I like Captain Cisco. I like them all. I think they're all great. I, I love all the shows. Thank you for the um, question, whoever sent that in. Yeah. I have, well, I have one more question here. Uh, it's a question for Juice. Um, what is your favorite movie and why? Or it said, what is your fave movie and why? Ooh, okay. Um, well, I consider myself to be, I don't know, an amateur movie buff, I guess. Um, I watch a lot of movies and a lot of television. I just love it so much. Um, I think that my favorite movies probably change over the years, but, um, Groundhog Day has probably been my favorite movie for at least, oh man, 20, 20 plus years. Um, I think, I think why is it at the time, um, nobody was making films like Groundhog Day. Um, and I think, I think what I like about it so much is that, is the repetition of it. So you have, it's like, it's like for me when I learn, like, like I, like I had this conversation about like, you know how you will see like ads on, you know, the internet where they're like, learn how to be, uh, more independent or learn how to get branding on your business and you'll watch the video and they tell you all of the things you'll get. And then at the end, it's like, so now that you know how to do this, but you never actually get the meat of it. Right. You know what I mean? You're supposed uh, to just like right. interject your own, what, like intuition about how this quote unquote program actually works. So what I like about Groundhog Day is that like I need to be explained every single step in every single thing when I when I learn something. So Groundhog Day starts with the same day over and over and over again. But you're like learning the steps as you go. So it's like you you learn to love this character. Not so much. I mean, it's Bill Murray, so it's hilarious. Um, and you know he's like you know starts out really kind of hateful and. You know, he's a curmudgeon, and then by the end, you know, he gets the girl or whatever. But, like, you see the evolution through repetition, which is, like, I don't know. I, I It's, like, then I, like, learned the lines of the movie. So it's, like, I keep getting more and more familiar with the character, which makes you kind of fall in love with the characters, I think. And it's hilarious. 
I feel like I should rewatch that tonight. I haven't probably watched it since I first saw it. It was in the 90s, right? Like mid-90s? Yeah. Maybe you should just watch it like as if you're in Groundhog Day. Yeah. I so would, you just yeah. watch it every day for 165 days so you break like the cycle. A good project, like a art, weird art project. <laughs> Actually, there was a time um, when all this was probably in like 2005 where all I could fall asleep to was Plan 9 from Outer Space. And I never even finished the movie. I couldn't even tell you how the movie finishes. <laughs> But I would get to like the first twenty to ha- you know twenty minutes to half hour every night, and it would help me fall asleep. So that's kind of like a groundhog day. I had this idea for a project, which still may happen, um, uh, called the Mister Jones and Me project, where I listen to the song Mister Jones by the Counting Crows every day, and I videotape myself singing along to it, no matter like what emotion that I'm feeling that day. And just like posting a video every day, but I don't know how you do that with like the rights to music, you know, being able to post stuff. So I don't know if it'll ever take off. Oh, yeah. What about if you had like people performing, like where it's like in the like it's like in the style of Mr. Jones, but it's not oh. actually the song. Like it could be Mr. Jones or Bones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I could find somebody to like replicate it. So close that would that would that would work, I think. Yeah. But I love the idea of singing along to that song like while crying. <laughs> That's great. I love it. I think you should do it. Um, well, you guys feel like this is a good time to throw in the towel? Yeah. Sounds good to This me. was a good show. Thank you, Jen, for yeah, agreeing you for to do this. Yeah, this was wonderful. If yeah. you ever want to be a guest again. Yeah, for Please. sure. I would love that. And then when I start getting my shit together with my podcast, I'm going to be going through um, my moving um, next month. So then I'll start uh, uh, calling people and not calling. I'm, I never call anybody, but uh, messaging people to see if they want to be interviewed on the podcast. I would love to have you all on. Yeah, yes, that would be great. You. Thank you. That'd and the name of your um, podcast, again, is One Step Closer to Death. Yep. And you can follow Jen on Instagram at Deathstepper. And uh, iTunes, Spotify, and you can find Nobody Cares on iTunes, Spotify. Is that all? Simplecast? Simplecast. Um, there's a few others. Um, yeah. Well, this has been great, Jen. Yay! Thank you so much. But don't go. We're just going to end this podcast and then we'll talk for just like a minute if that's okay. Yeah, definitely. If you'd like to be a guest or would like to ask fan questions, email us at nobodycarespodcastemail at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and remember, nobody cares.